Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right, big one o'clock hour with Dom. Dave McCormick stopping by at 1.30. We got the side question going. So yesterday we had on Judicial Watch their lawsuit for the family of Ashley Babbitt, and we talked about some of the challenges they had of getting the information around that, et cetera, et cetera. Well, now today, Ray Epps, who had become one of the most mysterious, notorious figures in all of January 6th. He's from Arizona. He was at the center of various theories, persistent theories. I think he's suing Tucker Carlson around that. He pleaded guilty in September to one count as part of a deal with the Justice Department. He admitted to engaging in disorderly or disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds after storming the Capitol. Now, I think the major charge that is more than that, more than engaging in just that conduct, it's egging things on, is the big thing that he's connected with. A one-time supporter, says the commentary today, a former President uh, Trump, whose false claims of election fraud spurred the trip to Washington, yada, yada, yada. Epps was ordered just moments ago to pay $500 in restitution and to serve 100 hours of community service. Prosecutors requested six months in prison for Epps, whom they said engaged in a rugby scrum-like group effort to shove past police officers. Even if Epps did not physically touch law enforcement officers or go inside the building, he undoubtedly engaged in collective aggressive conduct, they wrote in the sentencing memo. Now, here's the thing about this. By and large, and look, um, and I think Dan agrees, we'll ask him in a second. The penalties that have been given out in the January 6th stuff have been uneven. In other words, at the top level, For any number of these names that we've seen parade before us, they were engaged in what they thought was an attempt to shut down the government. And their actions, some of them, the engagement with police was the type of thing you get 10 to X number of years in jail. But there are any number of other people who, in some instances, committed minor infractions. I mean, there's stories out there today where we're looking at One federal prosecutor saying they want to prosecute anyone who was on the upper level, whether they stormed the building or attacked cops or did anything else. For what? What would be the charge? So looking at all that and looking at what Epps we've seen do on camera, this is just going to fuel people more saying this guy, all he got was $500 in restitution and 100 hours of community service. We still haven't yeah, got there. Yeah, we still haven't gotten to the bottom. And he's at the core of this unanswered question that the FBI won't give it up. Oh, everything is secretive. How many assets did they have there? What did the assets do? What happened with the pipe bomber? Who set the pipe bomb and all? What was that about? And on and on it goes. So all Epps gets after this. Uh, here are the um, alleged distinctive and compelling mitigating factors that set his case apart from other rioters' causes. 
He turned himself in two days after the riot, attempted to de-escalate conflict between law enforcement and rioters at least five times that day. That's not what I see going on here. In fact, they were screaming, fade, fade, fade at him. And he got enraged by that because he seemed to be the one with the red hat, pretty tall guy, leading things on. Instigating it, yeah. Instigating it. And that's what I thought is the charge that would stick. So this, again, is just the consistency of it. Consistency is what you need if you're going to make a case There's no there there. There's no conspiracy. And on and on it goes. So, yeah. No, this uh, one-year probation, he does 100 hours of community service, and he pays a fine of $500. I don't know which case, if you go through the files of the people that have been convicted and sentenced, I'm sure we can find a dozen that are pretty similar to Epps. And what did they get? And Look, maybe case, I shouldn't be this honest. Yeah. Like, like when we were at Wildwood in the Trump in the day at the Trump rally, right? The camaraderie of that environment was right. it, it was really positive. There was right. a lot of like love and and this was definitely after a loss, so that's different. But if we were in Wildwood at the Trump rally and the entire crowd started shifting a certain direction, I'm stupid enough to follow that crowd and probably end up near the steps of the Capitol. But I, I, there's no way I'd go into the building. But now they're talking about charging people that were outside the Capitol. And it's like I, I'm sure there are a lot of idiots like me who just follow a crowd where it goes, a happy, excited crowd. And this is what happened. I, I it, it turned into a riotous environment, but I do think people just got caught up in a stupid, stupid moment, and they shouldn't have their lives completely changed because of it. Uh, the, the idiots that caused a real insurrection, a riot, yeah, they should be held accountable, and Ray Epps is indeed one of these people. There are multiple videos, Dom, that you mentioned. He's out there telling people to, to go break windows and such. I, I don't know if that's exactly what he said. I, I want to be careful about my yeah, words there. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm not sure that's what he said, but... That's the allegation, and there's a good deal of evidence, visual of that. How in the world does he end up with one of the lowest, if not lowest, sentences of all those that have pleaded or uh, have been found guilty? And their argument is, well, he turned himself in two days. Yeah, you had to, given all the publicity, given all the stuff that was out there around that. Uh, Again, consistency is the only way to make the argument. Otherwise, we're going to continue to have this battle. The other thing to do is overvaluing what happened on January 6th, calling it an insurrection, going down that path three years after the fact. All that's going to do is continue for people to not listen to you and say you're weaponizing this. Uh, Jim, this is cut seven. Here's uh, President Biden in the church yesterday. Here's what he said to that point about MAGA, meaning if you're a Trump supporter, it's a second lost cause, just like the Confederates after the Civil War. Let me be clear, for those who don't seem to know, slavery was the cause of the Civil War. There's no negotiation about that. Now, now we're living in an era of a second lost cause. Once again, there's some in this country trying, trying to turn a loss into a lie. A lie which, if allowed to live, will once again bring terrible damage to this country. This time, the lie is about the 2020 election. All right, so uh, MAGA then is 
The second lost cause, same kind of thing, tar brushing everybody here. But I'd love to get your response on Ray Epps. When people look at this, the only way to look at it, even though there's an enormous number of people, is case by case. You've got to take each individual. What did they do? What are all the factors? Rather than making this just one thing that we throw together, and either you want to excuse everything or you want to put people away for 20 years. All right. I don't know who got the high end in this. I'm not exactly sure if there's anybody that will ever serve 20 years, but some have something close to that 10 to 20, 15 to 20. But Epps, one-year probation, 100 hours community service, $500 fine. Uh, given everything that's going on here, how in the world do people think that is going to help resolve this and again, and, and his case is not out there just by itself. You're looking at the totality of the sentencing, all that's going on here. How does this guy then? It just allows the conspiracy theories to grow. They hear apps. You know, and I think their argument will be, well, they didn't dismiss everything. That would have been too ham. This is pretty ham-handed. No time in jail, essentially, here. One-year probation. And uh, five hundred dollar fine. That's I do uh, have the uh, yeah. I do have the audio of Ray Epps. I just pulled it up. If you okay. can hear that, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, hopefully, it, yeah. hopefully it comes in clear. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! Peacefully. Fed. 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 Tomorrow. I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say We need. All right. So um, we need to go into the Capitol. All righty. 855-839-1210. You get a line. AT&T and Verizon Wireless. All you need to do is just push pound 1210. Meanwhile, today, President Trump arguing Presidential immunity is necessary. Yeah, uh, Trump is definitely right on that. The question is two things on his case. One, even a president doesn't have complete immunity from any kind of prosecution. But the remedy seems to be impeachment first and then potential criminal charges. But impeachment's got to be in the mix. If it's not then the idea of criminal charges, and that's at the heart of the case, what was in the mind and heart of Trump around the election challenges that he made. Uh, This three-judge panel, I'll be surprised if they're on the Trump side at the end of this, given the arguments today, given where this is going. uh, I think they're going to reassert that, yes, the president does have immunity, but it is limited immunity on official actions. Were these official actions? They're going to say, well, that's for a court of law to determine. All right, 855-839-1210. Want to get you in. That's uh, Ray Epps. Uh, Jim, one more cut. Here is uh, Sonny Hostin. The person on The View, I know it's easy to go after Joyless Joy or Whoopi, but Sonny Uh, Hostin, the alleged uh, lawyer, is the one that sets me off. Listen to what she says yesterday about Republicans are intentionally dumbing down the electorate. Now, she doesn't explain exactly how we're doing this, but I'm sure she thinks talk radio would be an example. 
dumbing them down. <laughs> and then that way, and they try this year after year after year. They try to tell people what's in their interests when they're voting. Why are you voting against your interests? Democrats say that to lower income white people tremendous number of times over the years. They constantly do this. And people are saying we're voting in our interest. We're voting against what Biden has done. All right, here's Sonny Hostin. What we're seeing by the Republican Party, and I give it to them, we're seeing a long game. We're seeing that they are dismantling or attempting to dismantle institutions. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the most elite colleges and universities in the world, which, by the way, they all went to. Everybody in the Supreme Court went there. Elise Stefanik went there. All the Congress people went there. Ted Cruz went there. Those schools are not good enough anymore because... I think because now people that don't look like them were getting in. Affirmative action, no more. Why? So that people that don't look like them don't get in. Women don't have reproductive rights anymore over their own bodies. Why? So they can have power over women. Why are why is French and Mandarin and Spanish being taken away from our public schools? So that we can be a monolistic, a, mono, a monolingual whoa, society whoa, and can't compete right there, globally. Let's stop it right there. What the? Yeah. Do I care? You want to be speaking Mandarin? You want to have chopsticks <laughs> in the cafeteria at lunchtime? Knock yourself out in Dom's world here. Yes, oh, education. Man. I were taking away Mandarin. It's a plot, I tell yeah. you. If this doesn't sound like a crazy, crazy aunt who's drunk at Thanksgiving. And I'm a Dom, you don't remember the three-hour show we did when we were targeting French teachers? Come on. Oh, I forgot that. Yes. French being taught in and our by schools. The way, by the way, how is the beret burning going across the country? I don't oh, want any yes. more of those berets out there. It seems too much like they're learning French. All right, here's a little bit more, Jim. Sonny Hostin finishes. I mean, if anything, it's been thoughts. the opposite for you. It's been the opposite yeah. for you because you, you've been calling for Latin. You want Latin taught in school still. I don't remember that. I'll have to check my notes yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's, here's Sonny Hostin. We, the Republicans are intentionally dumbing down our electorate, erasing history so that past can become prologue and so they can remain in power and it's grievance politics at its best and it's because people see what sarah was saying i can't pay my electric bill my, my gas bill's high my, I, I need my food and why is that why is my station in life like this it's because that black guy got into harvard and became president or it's because that immigrant is over there doing better than driving oh, a nicer yeah, car sure than I'm driving. Around. It's grievance politics, but culture wars specific. And I wish people could see it in that way because this is not by accident. All right. So they're sitting in there, million dollars a year. That Sarah Hines woman, the newsreader, is the stupidest one on the panel. And that's, that takes a lot. Sonny Hostin, though, oh, is a lawyer. <laughs> this is the time. And I know people say, why in talk radio do you guys talk about the view? Because, like it or not, particularly in an election year, it does have power. It's where people get their information. That's why big-time guests go on the view. You know what I'd like to see on the view with these women? Bill Maher. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't think there would be any punches that would be uh, pulled here. Uh, And I don't remember when O'Reilly went on and they all walked off if he particularly got into it with Sonny Hostin. But my goodness, we're taking Mandarin <laughs> out. We're taking all this out of the public schools just to dumb these people down. 
You know, in in honor of Sonny Hostin, today's Money Melody is going to be a song sung in Chinese. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes. Mandarin Chinese? I believe so. I don't know the differences. I think so. I'm not sure of the difference either. I know Mandarin yeah. is the preferred, though. Okay. Yeah, I think Mandarin's like the widespread. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I would assume it's Mandarin. All right. I don't know if we've gotten the winner yet. There's a lot of them out there. Today, we appreciate law enforcement people up and down the line. So hit us with a real or a fictional law enforcement figure. Your name can get into the hat. And this idea that people don't know what they're voting for. They're not voting in their interest. People see inflation. They feel inflation. They're tired of this. They see this president unable to do the job. They see the hectoring, the racial divisiveness. They're being called names constantly. They are voting in their interests. They want you to vote in the manner that they deem the alleged elites here. And if you don't do that, then you've been made stupid magically by Republicans. And just think about this. On the dumbest show, arguably, that has a pretense of not being dumb, The View, is there a show that takes itself more seriously and should not? It's one thing to be The Price is Right. You know, it's fun. Come on down, you know. The View, though, actually feels that it is intelligible, high-level, giving women primarily information, and it's probably the most toxic thing that we've ever seen on can, TV, can I, arguably. Can, can yes. I throw a morning Joe out there? Oh, yeah, of course. Morning Joe's yeah, got to be considered. Joe. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Joe, Joe takes himself way too seriously. Yeah, he, the hair alone is a nice touch. Yeah. But, yeah, but he's Maybe only, Joy Reid, too. Joy Reid in the after, whenever she's yeah, on. Yeah, but they're only one. The full firepower of these women yeah. together is yeah, you're right. second yeah. to none. What do you think gets the highest ratings, the view or the price is right? Price is right, probably. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with you on yeah. that one. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get on board with Dom, Dan, and Jim on Talk Radio 1210. All right, good Tuesday. Dom, Jim, Dan, and show. I have a little bit more now. A little bit more information has dropped on this uh, lawsuit against Macy's by the family of the young guy who was working two jobs, hardworking, stabbed to death. The lawsuit essentially argues that, well, Like it or not, Macy's is responsible for security. They did not do enough to secure this. Now, I don't have, uh, you know, the 20 pages or more of the full document in front of me, but the bottom line is they're accusing Macy's or failure to do what is the question I would be asking in court. In other words, what is it that Macy's had to do to protect this guy more that they didn't do? Do they want him to use lethal force? Do they want him? How much security? I mean, how many security? They had three people with this guy. It said he was armed with a knife and he attacked them. And the bottom line is this guy was out, not just in Philadelphia, in other places on retail theft. Why not have the guts to step up and sue Larry Krasner, since you have it in print even, that he's not going to enforce laws that are around? No. In Philadelphia, their attorneys told him, oh, you just sue Macy's. And in this silly, deranged place called Philadelphia, you'll get a jackpot here. People will say, that's right. This guy died. You get millions. Why? Macy's did not do enough to protect. And they actually cite Dan as evidence that Macy's had about 250 retail thefts. So that's on Macy's rather than in this city that is just... 
For every... like, I don't. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what they can do. I'm, I'm trying to right. rack my brain. What is, is Macy's going to be a giant version of that Wawa where you walk in and you have to order on a screen and they just pick it out yes. from behind the wall That's and bring it, it yeah. out to you? I, 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 what's, what's the option at this point? Because you got to have someone to do it. Someone's got to protect the business, especially in a society where Krasner has enabled these criminals to go in there and get these shoplifting. Mm-hmm. And, so, so. How do you respond? Do you bring out robots? I, I do. You, do you take the job completely away as Macy's? Do you I, put everything behind, uh, you know, a wall so the criminals can't come in and steal, like the Target has done in Port Richmond or CVS has done? I, you know, what what the hell do you do at this point besides pull out? And there there are rumors that Macy's, because of the the state that that building's in, is going to have to leave anyway. There, and, and that's just such a big piece of history you have the the, the dickens village there's so much there yeah, dom exactly. that's going to disappear uh because krasner's an a-hole who refuses to enforce the crime and get this under control so we have the uh, beginnings of hope i like the new police commissioner we're trying to get him on the show certainly sherelle parker we're fans of and yet with all that kind of movement still just sitting there is this enormous roadblock And everybody else in the world gets blamed for his handiwork. So the victim of 250 retail thefts, Macy's, I'm thinking in their legal documents are trying to say, well, what did Macy's do about this? They have a problem. 250 retail thefts. Well, I guess after a while, you get worn down. Maybe you're not reporting to the police because the police under Danielle Outlaw are not going to do anything about it anyhow. And Krasner is the reason why they're not going to do anything. They get tired of having to do it. The lesson from this for the Parker administration, I think they get it, is no, despite Krasner being there, if you're a business, you have to report it, document it. If you're the cops, you got to do your job, take the information, pursue these people. And then if you're the police commissioner and mayor, what you have to do is go to this simpering media in town, get in their face and say, here's the evidence. Here's what we're doing. It's overwhelming. And this guy will not fulfill his oath of office. Now you're saying, well, why do we have to do all that? Okay. If you don't, then you don't get the way the world operates. It's bizarro world here in Philadelphia. So I don't know if Macy's started to get tired and started to say, well, just chase him away. You know, you get caught with something, just let him go. It doesn't matter anyhow. It's not worth the time. I don't know if that's the fact or not. Even if they did, you could say, well, what kind of judge and jury are going to find Macy's guilty? A Philadelphia judge and jury. Ignorance at large. That's why they're bringing this. Now, I understand the family has had loss and all that. Compensation, they're suing for millions. Can't condone it, though. This is the wrong target. I think there's a case that Krasner, by his policy of letting people go, not even prosecuting them, he's the one that's responsible for this. And he's the one who ought to be sued. Because I want to underline that you really want this family to find justice, yes, right? Of course. It's just they're, they're, they're trying to find it in the wrong direction. It's it's not Macy's that deserves to pay out here. It's definitely Krasner, 100%. And I don't understand. I guess maybe their margins, maybe it still is sort of profitable to be a Macy's in Philadelphia, etc. I really don't understand how any of these businesses stay in downtown Philadelphia. 
story after story, night after night around it. So I wouldn't encourage them to stay. I would encourage them to leave. I hope they all leave. Now, by saying that, it's like, oh, my God, you know how bad that would be for Philadelphia? Well, Philadelphia's got to learn its lesson. What is it that's going to make it learn its lesson? The test will come because Sherelle Parker is serious. The new police commissioner is. They're going to document all this stuff. They're going to demand that the cops, and if they don't like it, you know what? You got to do your job. I get it. Well, why do we have to do this if Krasner's not going to do it? Do your job. That's what your mission is. Take the complaints, track these people down, arrest them. Do what you can on this. Document it and then push back against Krasner. Why do we have to go through this? Because this is what progressives have done. This is the America that we live in. You can't throw your hands up and just say, I give up. But, you know, the lawyers involving here with the family, come on. In what universe is Macy's responsible for this? How are they derelict because there were 250 retail thefts? To Dan's point, do they have to put everything behind glass? Can you imagine a department store? Picking things out. Is that what they have to do? If it they, is so infuriating. If, have you done it, Dom? No. Pushing I, the button, yeah. waiting, pushing the button, waiting, pushing the button, oh, waiting. It's the entire had, trip. It takes. Yeah, I had to do ahead, it at sorry. Target. I forget what the product. It was just a shaver. And it was like, oh, and they didn't have the key. Of course, somebody doesn't have the key. They got to go to a supervisor. They're in the back for 10 minutes. Oh. And it's it's in the suburbs. It's over on the border of Philadelphia, Cheltenham, where I last bought it. If I had to do that every day, though, it is just ridiculous. But look at how ridiculous this is. The cause of it, again, Krasner, and all the coverage of this, people are looking, well, Maisie's, you know, they're in business. You got to protect your business. You got to protect your employees. What would the Inquirer have them do to protect those employees? What should this stance be? Let them steal. They've tried some of that. Just chase them away. They did that with this guy, and he came back with a knife and stabbed them. Use lethal force or something like, no, can't do that, even though he has a knife. Call the cops. Blame the cops. The cops are not doing their job here. Well, guess what? I agree with that at a certain level under Daniel Outlaw. She let police routinely not do their job. So then people stop calling. It's all a spiral that comes. And you know what the reason for it is? And it's not even ideology. I get Larry Krasner. It's a test of will. Who is going to outlast whom here? Now, Sherelle Parker, I think, and the police commissioner have the will to do this. But they're up against not just Krasner, but they're up against the Inquirer and the other media and these elements in town and that mob of people, some of them in Chestnut Hill, insulated from the real bad results of this stuff. That's what you're up against. But to me, that's life. It's not a burden. It's a challenge. You got to keep on coming after him again and again and again. And as we've seen in almost every case, in the end, even the Roman Empire collapsed. Krasner is as difficult, though. I'll give him that. It shouldn't dissuade you, though, because if you don't, you got a young guy here, African-American male, working two jobs, one at the post office, then he comes and does this, just killing himself to make it in America. And he's dead right before Christmas. You can't give up on this. Even the world's wacky. 
I mean, you can move away from it if you don't want to live in Philadelphia, but you know the answer to that. They come to the suburbs. Progressives have unleashed stuff that comes to the suburbs. You're not going to outrun it. You've got to defeat it every day. You've got to be persistent. Joe Biden, as adult as he is, is not going to go down easily. That's what it's about. It's not about saying, oh, we won that one. I'm going to go off with my life. You can't do that with progressives. They spoil everything, and in some instances, they're deadly. That's exactly what their policies come down to. It's going to be interesting to see the coverage of this. All right, 855-839-1210. All right, big issues, big guests. Dom Giordano's show, Dave McCormick, of course, uh, fresh off that uh, big battle with Dr. Oz for the Republican nomination is back in the ring running against Bob Casey Jr. And uh, he's fresh off a trip to Israel where he met with all high-ranking officials and uh, saw a lot of what continues to go on. I mean, it's not over. October 7th till now, we're just about, uh, well, I guess just recently, three months in, 90 days in, and no you know, imminent end in sight toward anything that would resolve. So let's go to Dave on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Dave, welcome back. Uh, Congratulations. Fundraising at this point in a quarter is one of the barometers of the race, and uh, you did very, very well. Hey, thanks, Tom. Nice nice to be with you. Yeah, we had a great, uh, great quarter. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement across Pennsylvania and nationally for what I think is shaping up to be probably one of the highest profile Senate races in the country. And not only for Pennsylvania, but to win the majority for the Senate. So it's, uh, it's, it's encouraging to get such good support. 15,000 donors. Wow. That is um, enormous. And what would you say right now? We'll get to Israel in a moment. What's the biggest issue between you and Casey as you frame it? Well, you know, I think the biggest issue is just leadership. Um, you have a guy that's been in office for 17 years. He's not had a single significant piece of legislation. He's the most inconsequential senator in the Senate for what's arguably the most consequential state in the country, the fifth largest economy, battleground state. On top of that, he's voted 98 percent of the time with Joe Biden. So he's a rubber stamp for Joe Biden, career politician, just hadn't done anything. And we're at a time when 80 percent of Pennsylvanians think the country's headed in the wrong direction. And they want leadership, independent-minded leadership that's going to fight for them and fight for America. And so I think that's the biggest contrast. Yeah, and I think what we've seen, we haven't seen quite on the Republican side a candidate like you, so he's been able to skate. And, of course, and I understand this because I was a fan of his father. The name is Magic. But, you know, I think after 17 years, even that's wearing off a bit this time around. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you know, you... Uh, you, you look at where the country is, we're in decline economically, militarily, spiritually, the world's a dangerous place. And I think people are worried. You know, everywhere I go, I just left the farm show. People are worried about the future of America, worried that it's, the American dream is not going to be available for their kids. And uh, listen, Bob Casey Sr., my, my dad worked for him. Um, you know, I, I have admiration for the service of the Casey family. I think the problem here is he's not a very good senator. And so we need, we need in this moment of crisis someone who can lead. And I think that's the big difference, and that's why I'm optimistic. I think Pennsylvanians realize that. 
Now, here's how I would frame it, too. Um, I'm hoping that people get the big picture because you're uniquely qualified around China, things like Israel. You've been on this. You're very specific about how to push back against China, the importance of Iran vis-a-vis Israel in the Middle East. But I bet at the farm show, the issue they were most concerned with still, no escaping, is inflation. And diminish, you talk about diminished, uh, uh, you know, for the future for their kids. Middle class families are diminished right now because of 17 to 18 percent since Biden took office. No, no doubt about it, Tom. You know, there's 53,000 farms in Pennsylvania. Each one of those is a small business. And for them in the last um, three years under Joe Biden, prices have gone up uh, about 20 percent, as you said. And particularly fuel prices. Fuel prices, you know, we had diesel fuel that was six bucks a, a gallon, and regular fuel that was five bucks a gallon. It's still, even though it's gone down a bit, still up thirty percent from when Joe Biden came into office. And so that's killing, killing, killing uh, the agricultural community in Pennsylvania, killing farmers. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is, you know, the Biden tax agenda uh, has. Uh, sought to eliminate stepped-up bases, which is essentially a really critical thing for farmers to be able to pass their family farms on from generation to generation. And if you look at since Bob Casey came into office uh, in 17 years, about 20% of the family farms in Pennsylvania have gone away. Uh, we've got 20% less family farms in Pennsylvania than we did when he came into office. So we've got to have a senator that fights for that community. It's the biggest employer in the country, in the, in the Commonwealth. Uh, $132 billion of economic value. That's bigger than uh, most countries. We need somebody that understands that and can fight for it. Without a doubt. Now, fresh back from Israel, what is the bottom line? What did you take away from that visit? You know, my, my, uh, before going, I, uh, I had said publicly it's very important that we show solidarity for Israel, but I wanted to see it for myself, what was going on and how it would likely affect American interests. And uh, Israel is our closest ally, one of our closest allies in the world, certainly in that part of the world. And, you know, what I saw, Dom, uh, took my breath away, honestly, the barbarism uh, of what took place on October 7th, the murder, the decapitation, the burning of families. Um, there's a I did a visit of uh, Kafar uh, Aza, which is one of the kibbutz communities, which was attacked, 100 people murdered there. I mean, the bullet holes in the doors, the grenades that went off, the blood, it's, uh, it is absolutely pure evil. And so my takeaway on this is that Israel really needs to eliminate Hamas as a military organization, and we need to stand by them in doing that. They can't live 600 meters away from people that would come over in the middle of the night and slit, slit their throats. And, um, and so we need to support Israel in that task. That was the first thing. Second thing is the original sin here is Iran. Iran, uh, under President Obama, uh, uh, America negotiated a deal which gave Iran back $100 billion of its assets, and they've used that money to support radical proxies, Islamic Jihad proxies in Hamas, in Hezbollah, in the Houthis that are attacking U.S. sailors, in the uh, Islamic Jihad that's attacking U.S. soldiers in Iraq and Syria. This is the, the result of Joe Biden and uh, Barack Obama's Iran plan, and the decisive vote on this was Bob Casey. And so we need to change that. We need to 
strangle the economic well-being of Iran, stop it from supporting uh, all these terrorist proxies. We need to cut off its exports of fuel to China, which is giving it about $60 billion of income a year. And we need leadership. And right now what, what's missing is strong leadership in the White House. And what's missing in Pennsylvania is a strong senator that understands these issues, has moral clarity on the difference between right and wrong, and is willing to lead. And that's, uh, that's what I'm running on. Absolutely. Um, broader question for you, a couple of them. One, when you travel across the state, it seems to me with listeners and what I can tell, it's not bigger than inflation, but it's inching up there, that somehow or another the border has broken through somewhat because the media for competitive advantage has to cover it. They can't just let yeah. Fox, for example, have all that coverage of the border. And it's hitting close to home, at least in New Jersey. What are people saying when you travel the state? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely the case. I mean, I think the number one thing people want is strength and competence. And, uh, and I think there, we're seeing the absence of that with President Biden and, and with, with uh, Senator Casey. But the issues you speak of, inflation, number one, but border, and border affects Pennsylvanians in a huge way, Dom, as you know. 5,000 fentanyl deaths a year in Pennsylvania. That fentanyl comes across the border, takes about two days for it to make its way to northeastern America uh, through Route 80, Route 81 in Pennsylvania. And that's killing Pennsylvania communities. I mean, 5,000 people, I go to, into a room and I say, how many people here were affected by fentanyl? either in their family or friend group, half the hands go up. Huge deal. It's part of the border problem. And you also see the burden, the economic burden of those illegal immigrants on the, the economy of places like Philadelphia. It's worse in, in New York where you have a Democratic mayor criticizing Biden. And then finally, you know, we had 160 people that were caught uh, coming across the border that are on the mm-hmm. uh, terrorist uh, list. Think about how many came across that uh, weren't on that list, that were on that list that we didn't catch. So people realize the border really affects them in Pennsylvania, and it's a huge issue. I'd say inflation, border, crime are the three big ones, and then energy policy, a fourth. And uh, and those kind of pocketbook issues are the ones I'm going to run on. Well, absolutely. Um, let me ask, because I ask everybody in your position, we are laser focused on what we can do here with the station. Mail-in balloting. Uh, are you doing this independent of the Republican apparatus? Do you have your own apparatus going? Yeah. Because, um, Dave, you probably are aware of this. I just wanted to put it bold. I was shocked. I had uh, Carluccio on. I think she's a high-quality judge, candidate, would have had the gravitas in the Supreme Court. Her opponent, I see, is of the hack class, and yet he had about 460,000 vote lead when we came to Election Day uh, in November, and that was due to mail-in balloting. So what are you doing about yeah. that? Well, you know, so we can't, uh, we can't win without, without solving that problem. Um, you know, the good thing that's happened in Pennsylvania, and I, I feel very blessed by this, is the, the party is becoming unified. As you know, the Republican Party has been very fragmented in Pennsylvania, and, it's, and we're still mm-hmm. pulling it together. But I was, I'm, I was gratified that you know, the Heidi has endorsed me, um, you know, county, everybody from the county chairs to the uh, GOP to the congressional delegation, which, as you know, happens everybody from Brian Fitzpatrick to Scott Perry, has come behind me and endorsed me. And I'm happy to say I think it's the same thing happening with mail-in ballots. 
you have all different parts of the Republican apparatus coming together and saying this is a problem. And it's not just a Dave McCormick problem. It's up and down the ballot, including at the top of the ticket with our presidential nominee. And so there's an effort underway um, to uh, develop substantial resources, uh, many millions of dollars for a statewide, commonwealth-wide plan that will focus on low propensity voters across all 67 counties with targeted outreach to register for mail-in ballots, uh, to chase people to make sure that registration is in, and then to chase uh, on the ballot. And that's a combination of texting, phone calls, door knocking. So there's a whole execution piece that's up and running, and I feel not up and running, but on the path to being up and running. And I feel like there's a lot of support from across uh, the Republican Party, not just uh, political operatives, but donors and so forth. The second thing we need is a culture that embraces that. And, uh, you know, part of, the, part of the challenge last time or in 2020 was that President Trump was very verbally, vocally opposed uh, to mail-in ballots. And I think that's changed. Um, I've heard some of the comments he's made, and, uh, and I think him being a strong voice, if, uh, if he's our nominee um, uh, in particular, but I assume he, he probably will be our nominee based on what I know, um, him advocating for mail-in ballots and saying that's a really important part of winning in battleground states like Pennsylvania, I think that he and other prominent Republicans saying it, I think, could make a big difference. So those are the two pieces. Well, you're a can-do guy, second to none. You're the American success story. So um, um, I don't quite share your optimism where we are in the mail-in ballot yet, but I know you a bit, and I think uh, you get it. So we just have to get these other voices to do it. We're very fond of Scott Presler, who is doing marvelous work on his own, and I hope he uh, puts us on the radar screen. Well, and I would say that uh, I'm not confident. I'm worried. And my, my learning in life and in business and in leadership is you have to be worried to solve the problem. <laughs> so I'm worried about the problem, and I think there's lots of things moving in the right direction, but we've got to solve the problem. And I couldn't agree with you more. If I, you know, tossed the attorney in bed at night, uh, that would be on the top one or two issues on my mind in terms of what we need to do structurally to win in Pennsylvania. And to win, you know, listen, to win for – we can't win the White House, I don't think – and we can't win the majority, I don't think, without winning in Pennsylvania. So this is a problem that uh, has to be solved. That is without a doubt. Hey, Dave, where do people go if they want to see the campaign, maybe contribute, volunteer, do something about it? DaveMcCormickPA.com. Um, you know, we've, as I said, we've had uh, a huge out, outpouring of donors and volunteers. And, uh, you know, the only way that I win this race is really mobilize and excite people across our Commonwealth in pursuit of, uh, you know, turning our country around. So I appreciate uh, your listeners uh, checking out my site and uh, DaveMcCormickVA.com. And and always a pleasure to be on your show, Don. Thank you, Dave. To be continued. Thank you very much. All right. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Dave McCormick. All right, Dan, you think we got to the bottom a little bit of there, the mail-in balloting thing? (laughs) Yeah, for real. You're in the dentist chair. All right. That was a nice probe. And then the Novocaine's wearing it. All right. Now it's time to go (laughs) He was good about it. I mean, he is a guy that I think would go nuts on this, and I think he is. And you heard what he said toward the end. He worries about it. Well, I'm worried about it because it's doable. The money might be there, the donors and everything else. I just don't think it's happening yet, though. And every day that goes by is another wasted day. Meanwhile, Presler on his Twitter shows day to day the people he's registered, even in Bucks County, how much the registration edge 
is moving toward Republicans because of just what his group is doing. It's it's just maddening. And and Trump can pivot on this to that point, And it would help a lot and just say, look, we want to win. It's all about winning. Stop it with everything else. McCormick just said at the end, to win the Senate, you got to win Pennsylvania. To win the presidency, you got to win Pennsylvania. We have a known now. What are we prepared to do? To quote the great Sean Connery. 855-839-1210. Dan Time with Dom coming up here on Talk Radio 1210. They're running a strange program, y'all. It's Dan Time. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm like everybody said. With Dom. That's right. It's that time of the afternoon. That producer, Dan, takes over the Dom Giordano program for some Dan Time with Dom and Dom. Uh, working from home today, feeling kind of under the weather. It might be the uh, sausage that I might not have boiled long enough last night. I had some Italian sausage, and uh, oh. that might be the reason why I'm at home today. Uh, Blame but, the uh, Italians. So Wait a minute. It sounds like it was Polish to me. It's all your fault. It's sausage all your fault. Your Italian Polish sauce. I'm, I'm okay with meatballs from now on. Those pre-cooked okay. frozen meatballs with the jarred sauce and the oh, you yeah. know boxed spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a perfect dinner for my Polish self. Uh, but, hey, so... Uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, I, I want to talk to the Eagles, and I want your thoughts on this. You know, actually, first, I want to give a quick thing. Uh, it's a wind advisory, and that's why I'm telling you I'm working from home uh, before I go too far. Uh, Maisie had me pull in all the deck furniture today because she's nervous that the wind advisory is going to whip things around. One, is Roe that kind of person, too, where she's, uh, you know, texting you to do things like that just because of a wind advisory? Or, or does that not concern you at all? Right now it says uh, winds between 30 and 40 mile per hour, gust up to 55 miles per hour starting at 5 p.m. today going through 3 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, are you changing plans because of a wind advisory, Dom? I can't think of anything that's outside at the uh, states. The furniture that's outside, Dan, is so heavy. Boy, I don't know. On the other yeah. hand, if that gets whipped up into the air, that's a problem. I, you know, that's, that's you now in certain areas where it's usually windy, like down in South Philadelphia, the spectrum roof was blown off. That's an area I would say is going to be difficult today, yeah. Uh, the reason why I ask that is, is I, I say with uh, 40 to 55-mile-per-hour winds, I mean, get out there throwing that football, you'll have a 45 Oh, that's right. Today. That's exactly right, yes. Yeah. Uh, but the Eagles might want to recruit you. I, I don't blame Jalen Hurts at all. I fully blame Nick Sirianni for the state that the Eagles are in. Uh, first question for you on the Eagles, Dom, should Nick Sirianni be coaching for his job in the playoffs this year, or do you think he's safe through the offseason? I don't. I wouldn't put it. I don't think Jeffrey Lurie's looking at it like that. He's taking the body of work and he's making a decision on that. So let's say they win, but they barely get by Tampa and all that. Depends on how they look and what they do. And by the way, Tampa is the third most blitzing team in the league, and they're having trouble with something with that offensive line that ought to be elemental. What do you do against the blitz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's no everything that we should be performing well on. We're performing yes. horribly on. It's it's not fun at all. But if you're Jeffrey Lurie, let, let's say you're sitting in his seat right now, right. and good old Bill Belichick uh, gets released from the Patriots and becomes mm-hmm. an essentially a free agent, a coach. Is that something that might make you reconsider uh, going forward with Nick Sirianni if you can get Bill Belichick in there? I will be biased to understand. Can you imagine for talk radio, let alone sports talk radio, having (laughs) Belichick in town? So I'd want that. And two, I think Belichick would be driven, revenge. The guy's a vengeful guy. And uh, getting back, if he's kicked out of the Patriots, getting back at the idea it was just Brady that won, I think he would be very, very good here. 
I was telling my friends uh, yesterday, I don't know whether I dislike Nick Sirianni or Ben Simmons more at this point. Wow. I've kind of fallen off in Ben Simmons a little bit, but Nick Sirianni, it's, it's just I, – I, I don't like the idea of a fan coaching a team. Yeah, it's all exactly. he is. He refuses to tell his players what, how, how to perform well. But uh, you know what? That's all I got for Dan time today, Dom. But we'll continue with some Eagles talk throughout Dan time the rest of the week as the playoffs continue. All right. Well, thank you for that. And, Ro, uh, get that patio furniture. Put it into a safe place there before <laughs> I, you can lift it up. Come on now. All right. 855 We got a big 2 o'clock hour. Great prize. Dom's Money Melody, 213. You get that every day. Um, and I might have a little bit more information. This uh, Maisie's lawsuit, Macy's lawsuit, not Maisie's. Yeah, you got to stop saying it. That yeah, way. she I, didn't I keep like. My she didn't like a, a scarf right she now. got for Christmas there, right? Yeah, it's like is something happening that you know about that I don't know uh, yeah, about. Exactly. Be yeah. With something later this afternoon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, for some kind of prize here. So uh, <laughs> it, it's just stunning. And again, you feel for this family, but my goodness, come on! How is this company responsible? when they're in a place like Philadelphia and they're hit 250 times. All right, big 2 o'clock hour, 855-839-1210. Dom G, you're down now. Weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.